welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 11th. I am Jared All, joined as always by Connor Holskamp and Nick Sopris. And you guys, the way you're looking at me right now, I just don't like your energy. We need to like, do we need to like restart <laughs> this and bring this energy back up? No. We got, we got some fun things happening We're finally. Excited. We've been dealing with really bad football, bad baseball mm-hmm. for a while now. We mm-hmm. finally have NBA starts up next week. Yes. NHL starts tomorrow. That one always sneaks up on me because it's so early in the season or so early in the year. But the NHL starts tomorrow, the 12th. So we're going to actually finally get off the Broncos a little bit. We're going to talk some NBA. We're going to talk a little NHL. Later on, we'll be joined by our special guest, Tyler Walji, NHL and betting expert. He's going to give us a little insight on what to look forward to in the NHL season. But I mentioned, guys, we're going to move off of the Broncos a little bit. We're going to touch briefly on it. But, we'll dwell a little. But here's the deal. The Broncos are trash. Right now, they're trash. Hopefully, they turn things around, but I'm just going to go ahead and assume for all the listeners out there that you guys don't want to keep hearing us bitch week in and week out about the Broncos right now. So I think we will briefly touch on a few things, some poignant things that came up. Is that even a word? Did I say that word right? I'm going to go with it. Uh, Things pertinent. I like pertinent better. Pertinent Mm. things that uh, are are relevant that we're going to talk about, but otherwise, we're going to move off of that pretty quickly. Uh, I I think the one that I want to kind of touch first is the news that came out over the last few days about Russell Wilson's shoulder injury, which could lead this season from going to from bad to worse. Uh, A partial tear in his throwing shoulder, which he Labrum, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was big words that I didn't understand. So I just <laughs> wrote labrum. down I could be wrong. I thought shoulder. it was labrum. I just went shoulder. It's a, somewhere in that shoulder there. Uh, but what I did see is this is a similar injury to what Dak Prescott suffered last year, which kept him out for quite a bit of that season and really impacted his ability to play. That was a little concerning when I heard that. Now, he's obviously played through this the last two weeks. This was reportedly suffered in the first quarter of the game for the Raiders. So are you guys giving any sympathy to Russell Wilson and his performances over the last uh, seven quarters as a result of this? Uh, No. No, I think he was actually better, right, in the last seven quarters than he was before that. Uh, No, it's... uh Hey man, you you said it. It's if we sat here and talked Broncos as much as we have talked Broncos, I think we would just all want to end the pod by you know by about twenty minutes. So um, it's been brutal. I'm not going to cut him slack for that. Now I you, I think it's hey look, it is a real injury, right? It is a real injury, no doubt about it. But I don't know. It kind of feels fake to me. All of a sudden, it comes out a week and well, a half but, later. Okay, but see, that's my problem with it, right? <laughs> it's uh, so. Uh, Okay, I don't want to say they faked it because they didn't. Right. They he definitely did not fake it. He has an injury. The, uh, the significance of it but, may be getting but I exaggerated guess that right rubs now. Me, the, the part that rubs me the wrong way a little bit is just the strategic, the obviously strategic PR decision to kind of downplay it last week. And then as soon as this game, which was arguably... It's definitely one of the most embarrassing Broncos games. I mean, national television, just awful game. One of the most embarrassing Broncos games in franchise history. And conveniently after that, the PR department decides, hey, we're going to push this messaging about his uh, his shoulder. Because you heard about it before the game, right? Sure. Ah, he's dealing with a slight shoulder. He's going to be fine. Like, that was the messaging. The messaging. Was, and then that happens. And like, oh, okay, now we're going to have to just tell everyone about, you know, how... 
I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the look of it. Um, the shoulder injury is not going to make a difference in that game. The shoulder injury is not why you can't run the ball for more than 2.6 yards per carry or whatever. The shoulder injury does not, for as good as the defense played, that shoulder injury does not pr- help our defense stop the Colts from driving down and getting, uh, granted, they were gassed, but getting a field goal in overtime, right? That shoulder injury doesn't stop drop passes from a couple of our receivers. The shoulder injury doesn't change the play call on fourth and one at the end of the game to something that's a little more. I mean, if anything, if he's dealing with that shoulder injury, it almost makes that play call inexcusable uh, when they went for it on fourth and one. Like if he's dealing with a shoulder injury that hurts that bad it affects the game that much what are you doing at the very least you should be running the at ball the very least you should it. be running the yeah. ball or taking away half the field he and having Russell wanna, Wilson he didn't want to fumble I mean, on the goal line again old old, old nah who we've now we, we've now lost more lost letters letter. Nathaniel, oh nah, nah, nah it was it. it was Nat last week every time he loses he loses a letter mm-hmm. was fully prepared to go Nath after big loss, I just, if, if he loses so, all of his letters, do we just have to call him he who shall not no, be named? I, I, you know who? Uh huh. You know who? Mm. See, and I'm okay, going to I'm going to actually flip that question and say if he loses all of his letters and loses two more games, does he lose his job? No way. Is he out? Does is there a possibility that Nah is out before the end of this season that he doesn't even survive one year? A la what happened to uh, Urban Meyer last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars? So. I know Mike Kliss is reporting that he is going to have at least two years, but uh, you can say that that's all fine and gravy. I mean, that might be their intention. It might not be their intention, but like just because a team source, I mean that because that's what he is, right? I mean, let's just be honest about it. Like he is a team source. He gets shared information and told to share information when it suits the team, right? And it doesn't surprise me that the team is trying to put out there that nah, he's safe for two years, right? I actually believe that is every intention of George Payton is to have him try to last two years. I mean, I I believe that because if he doesn't, then that looks bad on George Payton. But the reality is this ownership group didn't hire the guy. They did not hire the guy. So you can say that all you want. It doesn't make a difference in the end. Yes, I see a world. In fact, I I will even go a step further and say... If the Broncos don't show some life, if if this were to happen again for a couple games, he is absolutely gone by the week nine bye week. I mean, that is my... I, I do not see how he can survive a, another few showings like this in a row. I mean, something has to change, right? Yeah, and I, you know, again, with without going into this for the next hour, I, I have to sit here and say that I, I think that you have to give the guy year two. I mean, he's a first-year head coach, uh, first time being in this position, lots of new moving pieces, injuries, whatever. I feel like I'm making excuses, but you just got to give a guy a year two. I mean, Bill well, Belichick didn't have a great year in his first year of coaching. Now, it looked different. It what did not look like this garbage that we're watching, but... As I sit here now at, at, at what two and three, the Broncos look really bad. I, I have to think you're giving him year two, but I could feel very differently three weeks maybe, from now. Maybe, man. Maybe, maybe they give him uh, another year. Maybe they give him till the end of this season, right? Uh, I just, I think the man. problem that you have is that if you fire, you know who after. Well, he's not new yet. He's well, he's not, he's well on not, his way. Not. I, I think okay. the uh, I think the issue that you have is then you struggle when you hire another head coach to say, now I have to watch my back. So I don't actually see it happening. It 
as, as frustrated as everyone is, it's definitely still a little too early. They've got what? 10, 11 days before the game on Monday. So nice thing is the pod for us is on Tuesday. We'll have immediate reactions after the game on Monday to see where and what we think. But I, I just don't know how you can make that, that it's, it's almost like, um, you're almost being reactionary to the fans that are calling for his head. And I think that you give up a little bit of control. If you were to fire, you know, who after the bye week or even after one season as awful as it is, there's already surefire excuses for the team to have played the way it did all the way to Garrett Bowles being out. Now you've got a surefire excuse why Russ played like shit. So I, I think it, I, this is set up perfectly for them to have an excuse as to why things happened the way they did. Can I give you my, I, I, I really came here today, Jared. Like I said, I, I didn't even want to talk Broncos, but can I give you my three, just I have three takeaways. That's it. Okay. okay. You got one minute. Real quick. Yeah. First takeaway. I didn't like how Nathaniel Hackett is sitting there on the podium after the game and that he's explaining his decision to go for it on fourth and one, which I don't even really mind. It's not the worst decision in the world, right? It's fourth and one. Yeah, I was actually for uh, the decision. Right. He's going for the win. I mean, that's fine. Cool. Whatever. Stand by it, right? I didn't like how he goes, yeah, you know, we're sitting there in that situation and I got the green light to go for it and I wanted to go for it. Stop right there. You got the green light to go for it. Now, you could just say that semantics and whatever. I'm just chasing the word wizard over here. But uh, I don't like that. I don't like the way that he said that. It, it clearly, um, whatever his name is, at Rosenberg upstairs is. And hey, look it. They brought this guy in upstairs and immediately the Broncos have been better. So I don't mind the actual process. But if, if that's the way you as a coach have decided to do this is to give up that responsibility, I don't care. Don't go. It, it shows so much weakness yeah, to go to say, the world. Even if that's a Freudian slip yeah. where he it wasn't exactly how the the process right, went down. That's where look. his head's at. That he mm-hmm. needs permission. So that's number it. one. I didn't like that. Number two, I don't think. I wonder how much of this is on Russell Wilson. How much is on Hackett? Because what appears to be happening is. Russell Wilson, of course, had all the friction with Seattle. He didn't like the way they were running the offense. Specifically, he didn't like his lack of control in the offense, right? That was promised here. So one can deduce that what you wanted, Russell Wilson, apparently, is less rollouts, less play action, less under center. You want to stand out back there like how Pat Mahomes does or Josh Allen or whatever. I mean, uh, and if that's the case, it's not working. Time to reel that back. And Nathaniel Hackett needs to step up and say, do some more rollouts. I'm sorry, but like, it's not working. You got to get back to that. So that was my second takeaway. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You you had three. I I was just going to say that there are a lot of open receivers missed too, particularly on that last play. Uh, uh, KJ Hamler, wide open. So wide open. Glad you mentioned that because that brings me to my third takeaway of the game, which is KJ Hamler throwing an absolute fit on, on national television is a terrible look. It is a terrible look. It is so embarrassing for this organization. I get the frustration. I get it. I I, I, I don't know, man. I, At 12 I, points a game or whatever they're scoring right now, I think I'd throw a temper tantrum on the I mean, we saw Devontae too. Adams yesterday push a, push a photographer. I mean, it happens, especially when you know that you're getting I, missed. Go ahead. That go was, that was I, definitely I a flop, though, on the, the photographer. <laughs> I mean, the dude went flying. Oh, he, that was, for sure. <laughs> I will say this, right? Um... I would still say that's nowhere near the what KJ Hamler did. I mean, yes, that was a definite show of anger or passion or what have you. Um, 
but it wasn't the level of extreme you know it wasn't the extremity that kj handler was that was like as as extreme as i've ever seen someone get emotional on any sports field like i mean seriously that is right there that's with the like, most emotional you've ever seen someone no on i said it's right there with as emotional as like someone can, antonio I mean, brown slams his throwing oh his God. throwing his helmet not even jersey close. after after having to play in that game and and see what your team is doing I'm not saying it's the. I, I guess I'm. I'm tanging I, a little bit. I'm not saying it's the worst. It's not. It's I didn't not say unwa- it's the worst. It's not unwarranted. Said, but like, come on, no, it's wide open. Like, I, I get it. I, like, I get it. But what guess are we what? talking about? We're watching a team that can barely score 15 points a game. Whatever, man. Like, I, I, you cannot compare that to. No, you see, but you're you're misunderstanding. Maybe I'm not explaining it right. You're misunderstanding what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying it's the worst that I have seen. I'm saying it's. I'll put it this way. It's the most emotion that you can pretty much show as a. I don't think he could yell louder. In other words, oh, fair. you can't yeah. slam your helmet down like more than you did like it was the it was as much of a peak frustration yeah it was the it was the this seems like a sports science thing how hard can you slam your helmet that guy on like when he slams it it's 120 square pound psi uh, okay so here's the thing is it was more extreme than Devontae adams which you brought up but here's the thing is you're kj hamler you haven't even done anything in the nfl i mean i get it some of that's injury it's been a rough couple years for you which also plays into his frustration right i mean that had to have been a big moment for him personally too he could have got on national television a game-winning touchdown it's big big moment but um you have to be better than that and then if you mess up have a moment right whatever gather yourself and then say the right things after the game instead he goes to James Palmer of the NFL Network and says, I could have walked in and, and allows that to be leaked out. He reportedly had his cell phone out with the screenshot of him wide open, showing every single player in that locker room who would listen to him and complaining that, that, about so that's, me. So that's bad. Um, and, and then and then he goes on an 850 KOA. Uh, they interview him by his locker room and proceeded to again throw Russell Wilson under the bus, shakes his head in anger and says, I can't even, I don't even know what to say, man. That's just, I, I can't say anything. I man. You, you guys saw it. My, that was ridiculous. I do, you know, whatever. my only counter to that is what you're saying is it doesn't matter the stature of a player sure it does. in regards to sure who is allowed versus sure not allowed. Does. No, it does not. It, no, sure it does, does not. for the dynamics of your locker room and the dynamics of your and team I think what that, and national what perception. That says to, what that says is that's how frustrated the better players are on the team if KJ Hamler, like you're yeah, not going to, you're exactly, not going to yeah. get yeah. mad. This yeah. screams to me a, a lack of controlled culture from the top down. Yeah, this just, doesn't happen. It, just because uh, he's KJ Hamler doesn't mean you it, get to like. This does not, not freak out. happen on a Bill Belichick. Team. I, I say okay. I'm just gonna put it out here and say this. I think KJ Hamler needs to be benched next game. Ooh, I think he needs. As to if that would even make a difference in I, regards to what's gonna happen. No, Great, no, bench the guy. Like no, no, sweet. But, but but that's. I mean, how often do you really say or think that a player needs to be benched in Cam the Akers, NFL? Cam Akers, a, Cam Akers got benched week one for the first like quarter or half. But, I mean, it happens all the time. Probably say four quarters and and to send a message, not because you think that someone's better that can go in there, not because a game plan. I think there's bigger problems that the Broncos have as a two and three team that should be zero and five over over over. KJ Hamler throwing a hissy fit over no the doubt. fact that he was in no fact they, wide effing open. They have, and he was open. I mean, I was at the game. Jerry Judy was open all game. He was open all game. Yep. Yep. No, and, no doubt. No. Hey, I get you. There's way bigger issues. I'm not trying to make a bigger deal than this, but it's just embarrassing. That's all. That was my third takeaway. I think it is just like you said. It is indicative of where this locker room is. That's it. That's it. And I'm done with talking. I'm done. You I will see, not talk Broncos anymore. You see what on the happens show. though. Not I today. Give, I not give today. Connor one minute and he takes five. Mm-hmm. Not we're today. Mo- we're hey, we're, on. hey, we're we're dwelling. We're, we Much are. like last week, we're dwelling. I know. That we're trying dwell. to dwell less though. We're trying to dwell less. But there is one more aspect of this game we need to dwell on. We all three put bets out through our Thrive Fantasy Go. Best Bets on this game, and as a team, we went 
one for two. Okay. Is if it's you, uh, I'll be upset. No, no. Uh, it turns out uh, you actually have to bet uh, if you're betting an over on something. You actually have to bet on a guy that plays in the game. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I took Jonathan Taylor the over a half touchdown. Uh, yeah, there's a reason why they only had him at a half touchdown is because he didn't end up playing in this game. Uh, we had some discussions earlier. I'm thinking I may have gotten my money back on some sports books, but uh, not so sure. I will take the L. My first L on the year puts me at four one one on the Good. year. Uh, Connor, I'll get. I'll hit you first. You got yours with Melvin Gordon over thirty and a half rushing yards. He actually ended with fifty four, but he did get that in the fourth quarter. He and he did. He did only fumble. He was when his knee was down. Yes, and they did. We're upgrading. Really this didn't run him much after that. No surprise. Told you, Nick, I got I'm Nick, not talking. You got done dirty, dude. So. Nick, you took the under 240, 245 and a half passing yards from Matt Ryan. Going into overtime, I actually don't have the number in front of me, but he ended overtime, ended the game, 251 passing yards. So Weak. he got it in Weak. overtime. If they Weak. end that in regulation, you win. Instead, you lose. It puts you two and two on the year, Connor. You are three and one. So mm. it's competitive, guys. It's competitive what are you at? here. Uh, I'm at four and one only because I have one more week than kay. you guys right mm. now. So, all right. So I will lead us off for this week. I am going to go back to these Colts. Should okay? we? Should we? I hate to exclude you, but should we have you not bet this week? That way we're all uh, on the same. There's a week coming up later on in the year. We'll be out. Okay. So but we're doing by that. percentage. Anyway. Yeah, it'll be by percentage. Right, okay. So I am going to go back to these Colts based on what I saw from Matt Ryan, which was not impressive whatsoever, other than the terrible Broncos performance. You know that allowed him to to do some things for these Colts. I am going to take, he has the over-under on his interceptions is a half an interception. I'm taking the over. Matt Ryan is playing against Jacksonville. He threw three picks last time he played Jacksonville. He's going to throw one again this week. I'm taking the over. Connor, what you got? I am not going to go to the home team. I'm not going to mention their names anymore on this show for today. Not today. Maybe next week. Not today. Uh, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliot on Thrive Fantasy. Oh, you took mine. Uh, 1.5 total rushing touchdowns plus receiving touchdowns. I'm going to take the under. The under on 1.5 total rushing TDs plus receiving TDs for Ezekiel Elliott. You literally took mine, and for that reason, I'm going to take the exact same bet. I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott. That's easy money. That seems pretty easy. Under one and a half. Easy money. Easy. He's so fat. Yeah, just because somebody else is betting something doesn't mean you can't double down on it, I'll right? Double you got the chip. You got to either you guys either you're going to regret that decision mm-hmm. or you'll realize you should just start betting with Connor from now on. I don't know if that's the case, <laughs> but I, I was going to do that or I was going to take uh, Mike Evans over five and a half catches. Oh, so you don't Ooh. put that. You can't put that out on the pod now because now if that one hits and this one I doesn't, know. you're going to. Oh, fine. it's fine. Oh, I don't care. Oh. I'm just too sad. I'm still too what? sad to care. You know what you can do, Soaps? You put a two guy parlay on that that's because right. through Thrive Fantasy, they offer some of the best payouts for the parlays way better than anything you're getting on any of the other sports books around and make sure guys when you sign up if you sign up today you use our promo code red that's r-e-d they will match 100 percent up to a hundred dollars okay you can get a free hundred dollars if you use our promo code red that's r-e-d make sure you sign up online thrivefantasy.com or download the app Okay, are we done with football? We can move on from football now. Is sure. that is everyone good with that? Fine. We're, we good. made it. I was hoping to keep that to 10 minutes. We're about 
20 minutes in, guys. That we took are. a little bit too. You guys got a little heated there. I, I couldn't stop it. You I guys know, got a little. I know. See, little this is why I didn't want to talk Broncos. This is so, not good. So now we're going to turn to somebody who <laughs> we're hopefully again. very excited about, and that is the Denver Nuggets. Go. They are uh, working their way. Are they done in the preseason now? I know they only no. play a few games. Nope, so no, no, no. They, they still they, got a couple left. They got a couple more preseason games, but then their regular season, the NBA regular season starts uh, a week from today, the 18th. The Nuggets don't actually start until the 19th. They open up at Utah, and I'm going to turn the floor to Connor Holskamp's got a little bit of a, a, a game, I guess, for us, right? Is that what you... Yeah, just... Hey, now we're, now we're getting to something I'm excited about a little bit here, right? So, uh, Nugget season coming up. Uh, just wanted to discuss a little Nuggets, go over a few topics here, and uh, I don't know if it's a game as much as it's just kind of a... It's a discussion game, right? I got some things for us to discuss and uh, get your thoughts about as, as we prepare for what's hopefully a successful season, right? I mean, we are pretty stoked. Uh, Jared says, as he says, starts next Wednesday on the 18th. Was that the 18th? 19th. 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 All right, 19th. So uh, looking forward to it. You know, MPJ coming back, Murray coming back, Jokic still reigning king. Uh, now, right now, Jokic is still sitting, I believe. He just missed uh, this latest preseason game with a sprained wrist. They insist that nothing is serious about it and that he's going to be fine. Jamal Murray had a hamstring, I believe, came up a little lame, although he says... If you listen to him, it's not a, it's not even a strain. He said it was just a little tightness, and that that is what the Nuggets are classifying. Just sit him so, whole regular season, bring him yeah, back to the playoffs. See, they, yeah, I know. This is back to the <laughs> philosophical discussion of do you need to play at all together? And which is we uh, did learn last year, just a little bit. Just a little I, bit. I mean, I, you know, I I'm of the belief that you should play a little bit before the season, and Jared is of the belief that you never should. So um, if after, anyways, uh, if after what we've watched. In football, doesn't don't indicate. Say it. Don't say it. You don't drop me back games. there. We're not games. going back to games. that sport. All right. Uh, okay. So I'm going to play a little game. We're just going to play some fact or fiction. All right. Okay. Fact or fiction. So I'm going to give you a scenario. You guys tell me whether you think it's fact or fiction. Brief explanation why. I'll give my take on it as well. So uh, number one, Michael Malone's goal for the Nuggets this year, as stated, is to be a top five defensive unit in the N- or in the NBA. Fact or fiction, the Nuggets will have a top 10 defense in the NBA. I'm going a little up from Michael Malone's standards to make it a little more interesting discussion. Will the Nuggets have a top 10 defense in the NBA? Well, and what metric are we measuring this by? Because there's a lot of... Uh, we can go defensive rating. Okay, okay. So the Nuggets, even last year, were not a top 10 defense. Uh, I expect their offensive production to be up this year. You get Jamal Murray back. You get MPJ back. We all know MPJ ain't the best defender. So I'm going to say that inevitably leads more offensive production leads to worse defense. You're going to, you're going to have a worse defensive rating. I'm going to say fiction. They will not be top 10. Nick. I'm also going to go the opposite of Jared. I think they're going to be right around the top third of the league. I think because we're extrapolating it to 10 as opposed to five, they definitely drafted a more defensive minded team. I think there's going to be, I think the general consensus has been to run and gun with the nugs at least in history, I think with Jokic, they'd like to conserve minutes. So you would not minutes, but just mileage on his minutes. So I think it's going to be a little more pick and choose. I think Jokic is at the point where he knows when to run 
versus when to kind of stay. So for those reasons, I think you're going to have to be a, a better defensive team, and that's what Michael Malone preaches anyways. So I think top 10 is very re- realistic. So ninth I, or 10th for I me. I think the next time that my wife wants me to go out and do something with her, I'm going to use that line. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to conserve the mileage on my minutes <laughs> yeah, right now. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, what is it? 30 teams in the NBA. Um, the... I believe that's right. right? Yeah. Although yeah. They, there has been some talk of expansion. There you go. Uh, yeah. So last year, the Nuggets were 15th in so the right defensive in the rating. The so they're right in the middle of the pack. I am going to go and say, yes, they will be top 10. I believe this is a much improved. It should be on paper, a much improved defensive team. So you obviously get Bruce Brown in here, who's a defensive minded guy, but you know, he's, he has some multiple skills, not just defense, but he's a defensive minded guy. You obviously get rid of Will Barton and enter KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope into the lineup for that perimeter defense. And everyone talks about those two additions for the defensive side of things. Something that's a little bit underrated, I'm not, people might be sleeping on. This also allows, let's not forget, Aaron Gordon to move back to his more natural position of the four, right? Power forward. And, you know, to hear him say it, you got to be a little nicer to the shooting, to those, uh, you know, small forwards um, than you can to the power forwards. And so, I don't know. I think that's an underrated move. I think they, they get it. I think they do it and, and get it done. So, the, obvi- love, love the, the obvious question mark is MPJ. How healthy is he? He's notoriously an awful defender. So, he's going to be, for this particular statistic, the X factor. But I like Christian Braun. I think that's a good ad. I think, you know, he's not going to play a ton at first, but certainly that's a guy that Let, could add some You value. mentioned Christian Braun. Let me skip out of order here. To, let's go down to uh, another question since you mentioned it. Fact or fiction? Christian Braun will be a regular rotation player at some point during this year. Uh, that I hate questions like that. that are super subjective. I think that's a guy who is more matchup based. So, and, and you never know injuries. So I think it's going to be out of necessity more than by choice. I think without Christian mm-hmm. Braun, the nuggets can definitely make a very deep run into the playoffs. It's hard to say how he fits in. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be, what are his shot selections? How does he fit in against defensive matchups? How, how good is he on switches? So I think that's a lot to ask so on somebody that you don't necessarily know. I don't think that they wanted to play Bones quite as much as they ended up playing Bones. So maybe that changes Malone's opinion. But as, of, as it stands today, maybe. I hate to, I hate to oh, give you a big wow. answer. Wishy-washy. <laughs> uh, so that is not a subjective question. I mean, really, it's not a subjective question. Is he going to be in the rotation or out of the rotation? It's pretty obvious which players don't get minutes and which players do get I, er- minutes every game, right? I, I think a regular... I think, um, And maybe I misunderstood your question, but a regular rotation guy... I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I don't. Who knows? And maybe as of today, yeah, all it takes is, is three bad games. All it takes is a couple costly turnovers and you're out. So. so I'm going to predict that no, he does not become a regular rotation player barring injury, right? Okay. Because you mentioned that. I mean, injury, of course, changes everything. But unless it's out of necessity, I do not think so. Michael Malone tends to not play as rookies. Um, I, I see him getting a little bit of run here and there to see how he does. But quite honestly, unless he does like see bones got the same thing last year right but bones came in and like forced his way into the lineup now granted he had the opportunity because we had a very depleted front court uh, front court backcourt backcourt god uh depleted backcourt and um also people were not playing very well you know like facundo Capazzo not playing very well so he got this chance because of that but then he took it right and i don't actually think christian braun's game really suits that to where he's just going to take off and run with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you guys just brought up the injuries. You guys mentioned that several times. And I, I think, you know, not necessarily. I mean, sure. Injuries 
can happen and will happen. It will happen. It happens on every roster. But because of the injury history, the injuries they dealt with last year, and I think the idea that Michael Malone is going to realize throughout the season that he's talked about already that he wants to rest guys. He wants to make sure guys stay fresh throughout the season and are ready for the playoffs. I think because of that, you're going to see a deeper rotation from the Nuggets and from Michael Malone than you have seen in the past. He's not a guy that typically goes super deep into his bench. Like you mentioned earlier, he doesn't play rookies a lot. He had success with that last year with Bones Highland. I think Christian Braun gets a chance to prove that, and I think his defensive skill set, his ability to shoot the three does get him some regular minutes maybe not your top bench guy but i think he's getting regular player time i'm gonna say fact okay all right i like it i like it. i mean it's gonna depend on davon reed to a certain extent right sure uh, i mean that's if he plays well it's gonna force christian Brown out of the lineup if he doesn't then it leaves an opportunity so all right hey we're gonna go to another one here nikola Jokic will finish top three in mvp voting this season fact or fiction nick I'm going to say fact only because you gave us one through third. There is no chance that he is even in the MVP race conversation. There is no chance that he is getting votes with the. Well, I hate you to just, even say that. You just said that. Wait, I'm, I'm confused. You said fact he will be in the top three. And correct. Then you said there's no third. way he's getting votes. He, I'm the preferred, correct. There's no. Sorry, let me rephrase. There's no way he gets first or second at all, with the exception of a couple votes. The only three time back to back to back MVPs. Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Will Chamberlain. I just don't see it. I think, like I've talked about several times, this is a market league. This is Joel Embiid's to lose, in my opinion, as it stands today. Is Jokic going to get third? Yes. Would it take some? Is there there a universe where he absolutely increases his scoring six points, increases his rebounds by four or five, the Nuggets (laughs) get the one seed, and he shoots, you know, out of control percentages. Yeah, for sure. I just, I don't, I don't necessarily see it happening. I would like for it to happen. However, I feel like with MPJ and Jamal Murray back, Jokic's stats actually go down. I think his assists have a potential to go up a couple, but yeah, but I don't, I just don't go down by a handful of points. Right. I I think you just gave me all the reasons why this is an obvious fiction to me. I think I'm playing the odds here that odds are, you know, that he's not going to, improve again upon what he has improved on each of the last two years. I think he's in the conversation. I think he's around it, but I think he's just outside of that top three. And I'm hoping that we all are underselling him just like we did all of last season. He ends up winning it last year. I don't think that's completely out of the question, but I do think more likely than not, he ends up out of the top three. I'm going to say fix. Is he, is he absolutely worthy of winning the MVP every year? (laughs) Yeah. But do I think that the, the writers will allow that to happen? No. No, I don't think he's going to win. I do not think he's going to win MVP. I'm going to say fact. I do think he finishes in the top three. I think he is going to put up numbers. I actually think his numbers are going to improve a slight bit with with, uh, Murray and Porter in terms of his assists. I think he's going to get a couple more assists. He has a legitimate shot to lead the league in passing potentially. I mean, he was, you know, leading the the entire NBA in assists for a very large chunk of last year and then he fell fell off pretty quickly, right? But he still finishes right near the top, right? He does have a chance to lead the league in assists, and if he keeps those rebound numbers high and he's still scoring like 25 points a game, something like that, um, I definitely think there's a world where he could actually win it again. I don't think he wins it because of the voter fatigue and because of the whole narrative, right? If he gets, even if the Nuggets do stellar and they're they're the number one seed, they win 63 games, it's still going to be tough with the narrative. They're going to be like, oh, well, now they have 
MPJ and Murray back. You know, I don't, I don't think so. But what I definitely could see happen, what I think will happen, the reason I say fact is I think he's going to do the same thing he always does and put up ridiculous numbers. And he's going to get so many people to say, well, I'm not going to give him number one vote, but I'm definitely going to vote for Jokic because he was the best MVP vote this year. So I think he'll get that and, and, and get three. So, all right. Hey, looking forward to it. Let's go to this next one here. All right. That's a fun one for you, Nick. The Nuggets will get their first non-Jokic all-star since Jokic was drafted. You're saying we will have a non-Jokic well, all-star? Well, the Nuggets get their first representative in the all-star game, not named Nikola Jokic, which would be the first all-star since Mello. Nikola was drafted well, and since, since Melo. Yeah, for Correct. sure. That's that's fiction, for sure. Fiction, Ooh. okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't see there's any way. I think Murray would have to go full bubble, Murray, which mm-hmm. is just unsustainable at that clip. Coming off an ACL injury, I don't think Michael Porter necessarily... I hate to be negative... The Broncos are really dragging me down. You, on mean, my, you mean Murray coming off the ACL and then he moved on to Porter. I'm right? so sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm my I'm everywhere right now. I'm <laughs> yeah, just I'm in a dark place. Not nah, Hackett does that too. Yeah, much, I know. Yeah. I know. You, um, have, you haven't have fully bought into oh the energy. Gosh. Yeah, with this. Uh, I'm I think, sorry. I think, so, so come off the ACL. I think Murray he'll be solid. Yet he he, I, he took plenty of time. Mm-hmm. I think he will be good. I don't think he will be an M, uh, all-star caliber player. MPG MPJ makes me super nervous. I think it is a perfect core of team to balance off each other. I don't think with the exception of Jokic, you you already have your guy. Would a would an all-star be great? Fantastic. I don't think that it requires a second all-star because obviously Jokic is making the all-star unless the Nuggets come out and are, you know, 40 and, and 10 at the break. I just don't, I don't see that happening. So I'm going to go full fanboy on this. Be like, I, I don't care. I am so optimistic about the comeback of Jamal Murray and MPJ. One of them, if not both of oh, them wow. will make the all-star game. No doubt about it. In my mind, big seasons coming from both of them this year. Hmm, wow. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to go fiction as well. I would love to see it happen. Hopefully it happens at some point sooner rather than later. Um, like Nick said, coming off an ACL, I don't really expect Jamal Murray to be full bubble Murray, as he put it right away. I mean, really, even if at all, I, that's that's going to be tough. And Michael Porter Jr., um, that's also going to be tough. I would actually think that he might have the better chance. Um but honestly, my, the biggest reason I'm going to say no is because of the competition. I mean, just go, just look at these Western co- Conference guards. I mean, uh, who is he making? Okay, I'm just going to list all these guards. Who is Jamal Murray possibly making it over, right? Steph Curry. No. No. John Morant. Negative. No. Um, what do we got? Devin Booker. Chris Paul. I mean, okay, I'm gonna it, I'm gonna raise my hand here. on that one. He can make it in over Chris Ball. He's in. He's in. Yeah. <laughs> put him in. Put him in. Hey, it's possible, but uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. The All Star Game is a tough thing to make. So hey, let's hope for that because that would really help the Nuggets' chances. Okay, moving on. We'll go. Zeke Naji will take over the backup center role from DeAndre Jordan. Not DeAndre Ayton, as the Nuggets announcer called him last night. Did you guys see that? No. I did not. I didn't yeah, catch DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. Perfect. Yeah, it's great. Uh, anyway, so Zeke Naji will take over the backup center role from DeAndre Jordan by the end of the year. Fact or fiction? Uh, I will say I will say fact less because I've seen enough from Zeke, but I've seen definitely enough from DeAndre Jordan. Couldn't really hang on with the Nets. Really struggled last year, so I think it's a situation where you're kind of take you're kind of giving the guy that you know what you're getting in DeAndre Jordan and you're hoping that Z can sort of progress. So I'm going to for those reasons I'm going to say fact you, you really apparently apparently Zeke's been playing really well. 
there's practice players. There's such in, in all sports. There's practice players that play out of their mind. You get into the game. And, you know, in, in DeAndre Jordan's defense, I didn't think Boogie Cousins would fit in at all with the system, and he played great. So maybe DeAndre Jordan comes in here, and the system is perfect for him, but I do think it, we're going to have to see. I hate to call – we'll call it a Zeke-sized leap. I don't need, think he needs to be killing it by any means, but Noah's role for sure. Yeah, I, I think this to me is – is you just mentioned it's less about Zeke and more about DeAndre Jordan. We talked about it when the signing was made. He's washed. He's been washed for a couple of years. I, I hope he bounced back. I hope he, he plays a good role for the Nuggets, but I, I think for that alone, it's a fact. Okay, so you guys are both going with Zeke. I'm also going to say Zeke will be there. He was the talk of training camp. He put on 15 pounds, uh, looking a lot bigger. I wish I got complimented when I got when I put on 15 pounds. <laughs> I know, right? It's not not the same, Jared. Uh, uh, he put on some weight. He's looking looking big. Had a really good offseason. Had a really good summer, by all accounts. Uh, you guys are forgetting. I, I believe that he led the Nuggets last season in three-point shooting percentage. Um, so, you know, I mean, let, let's not forget that part of his game as well. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people that he wasn't starting. So I definitely could see this. I think it's going to happen at some point. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see you then. All right, we're going to keep moving. I've got, I got a couple more for you just real quick, and then, then we can move on. The best new addition to this Denver Nuggets team will be Bruce Brown. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to take fact. I love Bruce Brown. I think he's awesome. I think he is the ultimate utility guy. Definitely going to be hearing his name a bunch. Utility guy, good passer, good defender, team guy. I can't I, I, I didn't really care for the KCP addition, to be honest with you. Granted, we got rid of Monte Morris. I felt the exact opposite about Bruce Brown awesome player really helped the nets in some tight situations with the Kyrie vaccination issue really helping take some minutes there so I love that pick you're gonna see a ton of this guy awesome pick okay you mentioned KCP and I'm gonna say fiction because I think KCP is that guy I'd love his fit with the starting lineup he adds a defensive element and you kind of talked about it earlier Connor and what he does to allow Aaron Gordon to move back to a more natural position I think it makes them overall a better defensive team but don't forget, he can put some points up on the board, too. It's a guy that scored well. He's I, he shot, I think, each of the last two years at about 40% from three-point line. So I don't don't rule him out. I, I get that you don't like having to get rid of Monte Morris, but I think this is a great fit. I think he is what this starting lineup has been missing for the last few years. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say fact. I like I like Bruce. <laughs> and, uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go. I, you guys said it all. I, I agree. I think he's a, he's a heck of a player. I really like what he brings. I like I'm intrigued by the possibility of uh, having him play a little bit with Jokic here and there. Maybe to spell, um, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe to, uh, spell somebody. I don't. Uh, actually, you know, what? I'm gonna get into that on my my next one because I'm gonna throw a curveball in here for you guys. Okay, but I'm gonna say fact. I really like Bruce Brown. Good good, good signing. Um, my next one, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to throw a curveball, guys. See, I actually sent these guys a couple hours ago these questions just so they knew what was what I was going to ask. Um, I'm going to say something that I did not send them, just for the record here. So uh, let's go. Fact or fiction? The Denver Nuggets, where Michael Malone will implement a five. He will he will go five starters, five bench players. In other words, is he going to go like how Michael Malone normally does and go? full-on substitution, all five? Or is he going to try to find ways, or should he try to find ways, more, more rather, to slip a couple of those bench players up with the starters and vice versa? 
I don't know which one's fact and which one's fiction, but Correct. I'm just yeah, going to yeah, go sorry. ahead and say I'd <laughs> like to see him get away from the whole swapping. The whole the five stuff. and five. I hate that. You hate that. That's one of the things. I think Michael Malone's a great coach strategically, the way he, he handles things, the way he I, – I like the way he challenges his players, but it just never made any sense to me. Why we, we should Why be, just have to force the yes, five and five switch? Because you so often see they go the, – the opposing teams a lot of go teams on do runs. That. Yeah, a lot of teams uh, will, will slip in. They'll, they'll take a couple guys out, put a couple guys in. Yeah. Michael Malone's a lot more like let's get like three, four out, and then like 30 seconds later, and it's like me, everyone out. I, mean, I just never saw the logic to it. I'd like mm-hmm. to see him get away from that, so whatever that is. I think at the end of the day, regardless of however Michael Malone does or does not make his substitutions during the slog that the NBA players consider like halfway through the season, your bench always shortens up to seven to eight players come playoff time. He's figuring out who can play with who. It's more of, in my mind, it's more of a long-term play to see who can play with who and what matchups he likes in situations. I think it's like a fact and fiction. I, I don't see how he doesn't do that for some games when we're playing the Magic, for instance, whereas when we play Golden State, Maybe not. I think I think we play them the second or third game of the mm-hmm. season. Who knows what we'll do then? But on game fifty, when we start needing to win games, yeah, the roster is going to tighten up. So Michael, lineup, excuse me. Michael Malone has traditionally gone five in, five out. Uh, Michael Malone's top utilized lineup of five people is among every year. Every year of Michael Malone's whole entire coaching career is among the most minutes in the entire league. I mean, he just, for whatever reason, loves to put his starters together, right? Um, I would hope he doesn't do that a little bit this year. Did you guys see... I don't know if you saw. Did you see what... Uh, Bones Highland and Michael Porter were asked a question after the last preseason game. Did you did you see this? Did not. They were asked about playing with each other because they, you know, with Murray out of the lineup, they were they were playing together a lot. And they were asked, and they actually gave a really revealing answer. Bones, you know, I'm paraphrasing, basically says, oh, I love it, man. You know, when you have such dynamic scores like us out there, it just really opens things up. It makes things so easy. I love playing with Mike out there. Michael Porter Jr. goes as far to say that we got to find ways to, to get us together in the lineup. I mean, he, he goes that far. He says, we have to find ways to get us together in the lineup. And then he says, part of the reason is because, he goes, because Bones understands, he and I understand the difficult shots that each other make. So he basically, I'm not trying to read too much into this, but you read what he's like literally telling us is, this guy gets that I like to shoot difficult shots in ISO. And I like to take you know, shots that I like nobody to take, should pass me. You know, not Jokic ball, in other words, right? That's translation. So uh, I don't know. I actually think it would be really cool to see Michael Porter get some run with Bones on the bench. So, And, and I would love to see Bruce Brown get some run with Jokic. I think he could be an excellent and, player and, alongside Jokic. And I think Jokic, that's so. actually the, the guy right there where it would be a, a pretty easy, smooth switch where you, you pull. Well, except for he's a guard. but Yeah, you know. but you could put KCP up to, to the three, No. No, probably not. No? Probably not. Yeah. Okay. That, that but, would what, be tough. but what they're all going to play with each other. They're going to find rotations that they like. But see, You're going to get not, but, but that's what Malone, that's what I'm saying is Malone has been like among the least likely coach to do I mean, his lineup of five play like every game together. Like that's it. It's crazy. My counter like, to that would be generally speaking. I feel like this is one of the deeper teams that the Nuggets have had. So you're, yeah. you've got the option to do both. I agree. Uh, I agree. And I think he should do that this year. So I guess that's we'll what I think he should do it. So we'll I got one more for you guys. One more here. Uh, just kind of putting a wrapper on it, and we'll, we'll get more into Nuggets the next year. They do start next year. So, or next year. next year. They do start next well, year. Well, let's be honest, uh, guys. Believe it or not. The real uh, part of the <laughs> season that's important starts True. Next hey, year. there you go. Okay. Uh, fact or fiction, the Nuggets will finish a top four seed in the West. 
That is a big fact. Although, guys, it is going to be tough for them to get in there. Just looking up and down, the two teams I see definitively ahead of the Nuggets in the West, Golden State Warriors, obviously, coming off their success last year, and the Phoenix Suns, who are uh, really did not lose a ton in the offseason. They were able to uh, retain DeAndre Ayton. So those are the two teams, I think, definitively ahead of them. I got the Nuggets third in the West. Mm. I have the Nuggets pushing for a championship this year. Call me a homer. I think that this is a year that they have the talent to actually do it. Uh, in what was it, like 18 games when this lineup was actually together before Murray went out? They, we saw a glimpse of what they could be with, with you know, our big four players. Among the be- They were the best offensive rating in that short time span. I think they have a, a chance to be really special. Uh, you, it's funny you mentioned the Suns. I am not sure the Suns are definitively above okay. the Nuggets. Um, the teams that I, I... I probably have the Nuggets third right now in the Western Conference. I think I have the Clippers probably number one if they're healthy. I mean, they have a really deep Big team. if right there. Big if. Yeah, but... Hey, we're, we're saying if the Nuggets are healthy too, right? But the I mean, Nuggets the, the are the actually healthy right now. Well, but so are the Clippers. Are they? Yeah, yeah they are, yes. They're the Nuggets also aren't 35. Right, Nick? Am I wrong yeah. on that? The Clippers are supposed to be healthy, right? Uh, we we got know. Paul George coming. We got uh, Kawhi. I, I, think, I think what I would say for me, I think success is home court advantage. They're obviously playing so for that. Far. It would not surprise me to see the Nuggets slip down to fifth or sixth. This is definitely the deepest, in my opinion, a number of teams that you have. You've got Memphis, Dallas, Minnesota with the Rudy Gobert. Everybody's high on the Pelicans this year. Golden State, the Clippers, Phoenix. People are still pretty freaking high on the Lakers. I know their over-under doesn't reflect that, but you've got probably at least to start the season six or seven teams, plus the East is pretty loaded. So all of those non-conference games... I think success for the Nuggets. I think their over under is fifty and a half or forty nine. I, I believe it's fifty and a half. Yeah, uh, it's going to be forty nine right, last it's year. It's going to be right there. It's going to be between forty five fifty five. I know that's obvious. Thank you, Captain Obvious. It, the Nuggets could be as high as first. They could be all the way down to seventh. You could tell me that, and it, I would believe it is. You. Hey, look, it is. It, it is tough to predict where the West. You know where the NBA will shake out. There's going to be like. There's going to um, be like a. A gamer, sorry to cut you off. There's yeah, going to no, be a good. game or two difference between the the third seed and the seventh seed is where I think this will come down to. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean it, it is tough. I mean it's. Uh, I got to say, I mean the the Clippers are a really tough team to gauge when they're fully healthy. They have a, the, arguably the deepest team. The Suns obviously won a ton of games. Mavericks could be a very good team. We didn't even talk about them. How do you even Except predict? Uh, oh, did you? Sorry. How, how are you going to predict the Lakers and what they're going to do I right was now? Say no one's um, mentioned the Lakers. I mean, come on. Obviously. I think they're. I think they're over under is like. Four, I think they're over under is like thirty. Nine and a half uh, lines. Actually, like that. that's not a bad bet to take the over. No, I don't know. I mean, come on. Yeah, LeBron, I don't, I don't hate LeBron's it. bouncing back. Grizzlies, John Moran, the obviously they broke out last year and had a what were they two seed last year? Mm-hmm. I think so. So um, yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a gauntlet. But uh, you know, hey, call me a homer. I'm putting the Nuggets down for a top four seed, and I think that they're gonna make a deep run this league year. pass looking real. Real affordable. Okay, Real I, nice, I just baby. want to put because everyone cares so much about my TV watching status because I have for years, just like many of you listening out there, not been able to watch the Nuggets and Avalanche. I, in past years, ditched, cut the cord, got rid of cable, went back to it, but went with Fubo, and now I'm looking like nice. a genius. Nice. Fubo just picked up altitude. Nice. I cannot be happier about this. Might have switched I over will to get Fubo. this. Yeah, you just got to pay a little extra for the sports package. Yeah. Well, you can As also you just get the sports package if you want. They're offered. It's like 20 bucks, man. But I pay a little bit more. You get a lot of stuff. Really? You can get the altitude sports package for I've that been, low. I don't I've know. been told that. I don't awesome. know. I already have. <laughs> I, I already guess have, report back to us in a week. <laughs> I already have yeah, Fubo, yeah. the full package. I'm paying like 50 bucks. So, mm. But it's a lot better than the 200 bucks you pay for DirecTV or Comcast. So. Sure. 
Sure. We're all homers right now, Connor. Hey, we're, we're all ready for it, man. I am I, ready for I, it. I I'm so you, excited. I honestly have not been more excited for a Nuggets season probably ever than I am right now. They're healthy. Hey, there we go. They're healthy. Let's They're go. coming in. I'm hot right now. I'm hot. Plus, the Broncos suck. I need something to watch right now. So I'm looking forward to it. But the Rest. Nuggets aren't the only team getting ready to get started. Avalanche coming up too here, guys. Avs coming up too. Ooh. And to discuss some Avalanche Is talk, it? we have to turn to our expert in NH- and all things NHL and sports betting, Tyler Walgy. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Oh, oh we actually have mute. to turn his mic on. That's important. Hang on. Try it again. Oh, what's happening? Oh, hey, hey, it's on me. Uh, how we doing? What's up? So I texted Tyler to see if he would join the show, and I said, yeah, it should be right about 6 o'clock. He goes, oh, good. Right when all of the games start that I want to watch. No problem. I'm there for you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, baseball playoffs tonight. Hockey starts tonight. So, yeah. There's, but, hey, I- I'm glad to come talk some Avs. Let's uh, let's go. It's hockey season. Seems like we just had the parade like yesterday. I mean, yeah. Does it not? I mean, it seems like it did not happen. You know why? It's because we are all trying to black out this period of time and sports That's true. in between that. Did That's you guys true. see the the rings? Yeah. What their rings look like? No, I yeah, have Championship rings is pretty cool. Better or worse than wow. the Broncos Super Bowl fifty? I mean, rings? I don't. Uh, those those football rings are pretty elaborate. I know they're huge. But yeah, like, they're how not, do you they're even like wear they're them? like uh, bracelets kind That's of. Right? <laughs> yeah. They would probably. Wow. Fit okay, so I just pulled it up. Six hundred sixty. Diamonds. I mean, Ooh. that's a lot. Why Can you imagine it, wearing well, six hundred? Is there a significance to six sixty nine? I definitely can. Well, I like the I like the burgundy and blue. Yeah, classic little combo. It's okay, classic. Well, well, you, de- you would definitely wear that out to like Olive Garden or <laughs> to Olive Garden, <laughs> like yes. a little Caesar's for right, pickup. So each oh, ring, I love OG. Each okay. ring boasts six hundred sixty nine diamonds, eighteen custom cut sapphires, two round genuine sapphires, forty two custom cut rubies, and it uh, the ring has a carat weight of eighteen point five carats of gems. As the pawn stars would say, I'll Ooh, give you a hundred bucks. Wow. Well, most wow. Of, <laughs> that's the best. Most I can important offer. question: Were they ethically sourced? Whoa! Oh, I don't know. Well, but those they look ge- really those cool. genuine stones were. They, they're, <laughs> <laughs> Those genuine ones are not going to lie to you. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say, but that, they are really cool. Thanks for bringing really them up. Really fat. Mm-hmm. Because of, really hey, fat. all you listeners out there, you got to go look this up if you have yes, it. They're pretty it cool, cool looking. They are cool looking. And so they want another one this year. Wow. Oh, yeah. Love that. All right. They do begin their season tomorrow. Mm. Uh, you, most of you listening out here, well, this will have happened by the time you're listening, but they take on the Blackhawks to start the season. Uh, let's talk. There's a lot of returning players for the Avs. They were able to retain most of this roster, which is not something that you're typically able to do after a Stanley Cup victory. But I kind of want to talk, Tyler, what new guys are, are, are we expecting to see? New guys that maybe uh, us more casual fans need to get accustomed to hearing, uh, listening there, to. There's not many. Right. I mean, the two that stick out would be the new goalie, obviously, Alexander Georgiev. 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 Can we all commit to something? I need your guys' help with this. Yeah. We need to get this nickname to stick. I came up with it on the fly because I botched his name when they when the. If the, you say Georgie, I'm going to be upset no, no, no. at your creativity. Ali G. <laughs> Ali G. Alex. Oh, Ali G. Alexander. You know, Georgie talk like Ali G. You know? Ali G. We got to get that to stick. So help me with that, okay? Do you guys remember the Ali G show? Yeah, I yes. do. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's that's uh, what's the actor's name? I'm slipping. Sasha. On the, Sasha. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. 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 Oh, I believe Ali his real G. name is Borat. Oh, Borat. Yeah. Do you know the Borat? <laughs> yeah. No, but Ali G. Was like the original character that he got famous. I like it. I like Ali G for the goalie, uh, Georgiev. So that's a new name. He's obviously the goalie, so it's a big piece. 
And then uh, Evan Rodriguez, who's a winger slash potentially center for the Avs who played with Pittsburgh last that year. That was so, a little easier to pronounce for me. Yeah, Evan Rodriguez, not that hard. So those two are like the well, main names. Everyone else is pretty much... Uh, what about any young guys that might be coming up? I mean, again, yeah. there, there's guys in so the they, system, but no one on the NHL roster. Right, so so they're pretty set with their, their rosters. Yeah, huh? yeah, definitely. Pretty so, awesome, I mean, right? Yeah, it's the, the younger names we heard last year. Alex Newhook, uh, uh, Jason Manga, you know, th- these guys are going to play some role. Newhook's actually projected to be the second-line center, and that's the one thing this year, Jared, you may have other questions, but that's the one, obviously, replacing Kadri, right? Nazem Kadri last year was our second-line, was the Avs' second-line center. So there's definitely some pieces to fill, and Evan Rodriguez may be the, the, the person to play center on the second line right now, but in terms of new names, Evan Rodriguez, winger center, and then uh, goalie Alex, Alexander Georgia. And I want to I touch on the goalie uh, situation. Do you expect Ali G to be the guy, or do you, do you think there will be a, a real rotation between him and Pavel Francis? If we had to bet on it, if we had to do a little bet here, I would. I think they're probably going to split time. I mean, it's not going to be a true number one. He's never been a starter in his life, and he was behind Lundqvist for most of his career, and then Igor Shesterkin came in last year and was the Vesna Trophy winner, by far the best goalie in the league. So it's not like you know he was sitting behind bums, two of the best goalies the last 10 years, technically, but he's never been there. So I don't necessarily trust he's just going to come in and be a top 10 goalie. So I think that Georgiev is a good goalie. He's not a great goalie, and, and I see him splitting time with Franco right now. All right, the Avs overall, based on what you just said to us here, are, is this roster a better roster or a worse roster in your mind? <laughs> They're not better. They're not better. No. You think they have taken a, a – is, is it a significant step back? Yeah. Or I mean, uh, well – I mean, they lost two key pieces. It depends on how you define significant. Like, they went from being, in my opinion, the clear best team in the NHL to now the debatable best team in the NHL, right? Next there, right there next to Carolina, you know, Toronto, uh, Toronto maybe even Edmonton this year, but that's a different mm. discussion. So they're just, cl- it, they went from, again, being the clear best team to now in that in that conversation of top five. They're still great, but they definitely took a step back. Look, you lose your goalie, which the whole, you guys know what I think about the narrative of Darcy Kemper blowing it and sucking and him being, he was the number four goalie last year, according to GSAA, goal saved above average from evolvinghockey.com. Like he was not a bum last year. He was 19th. Darcy Kemper wasn't save percentage. In those same stats, Alexander Georgiev was 99th in GSAA. Again, uh, Kemper was fourth and Georgiev was uh, 76th in save percentage. Kemper was 19th. So this is a huge drop off in goal. That's going to hurt. And then again, I mentioned Nazem Kadri. That matters. The, the reason why the Avs were so elite last year is their second line was as good as a lot of first lines on, on other teams. And you can do that when you move these elite pieces like Gabe Landeskog, Nachuskin. Remember, Burkowski was gone. Again, another yep. name we haven't mentioned yet. You could put them on the second line last year. This was an elite second line. And what happens then? That bleeds into the third line. So, I mean, the Avs were loaded all across the board last year. You lose one center on the second line. And now you start having to fill those pieces. We know Alex Newhook and JT Comfort necessarily can't be those guys. If Evan Rodriguez can fill that role and play two-way, second, you know, second-line center, that would be the best thing for this team. I just think the Avs are going to have a hard time replacing that 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 production. So I see this team coming back a little bit in the wins and the points, and I think they're a little worse than they were last year. Okay, so you you just missed. You kind of walked in at the end of our Nuggets discussion, but I know you follow the Nuggets as well. So I'm going to put this out to, to the whole group here. What, who? Where are your expectations? Who who do you have higher expectations for? The Nuggets going into this season or the Avalanche? Well, the Avs, because there's... 
the abs aren't surrounded by the teams like like if you look at the west i I did hear that part the west is loaded this year it's so good it's not the same thing in hockey here so so you know you look at the division the other teams around the abs right now no the abs have the higher ceiling i think at this point in the season for sure Mick, Connor, you guys agree? I know we were just hyping up the Nuggets, talking about how we believe championship aspirations. Wow, Do you think your expectations are higher for them than the Avalanche? Or coming off the Stanley Cup victory, are you still banking on the Avs to go further than the Nuggets? I think that the general consensus is that the Avs, although quote weaker, still have a chance to, to repeat. I think the expectation is still there. You know that your window, you know that you have a team that can win. I think the Nuggets still need to prove that they can stay healthy for 82 games. I think that the Avalanche went above and beyond to prove, kind of shake those demons off their back. I don't really see it. It should be. I don't know if any championship is easier, but that that monkey is off the back for the Avs. That's a team that knows how to win with the exception of going to the Nuggets with the exception of Jokic and a little bit for like three weeks of Jamal Murray. You don't really know if you have that team, although you would like to think so. Yeah, look, you would be absolutely nuts you'd be off your rocker to not answer that the abs are clearly by far all right look at the abs have by far the best odds on the sports market to win a championship they are number one in the league ahead of toronto you know by a lot what did you say what it was isn't it like oh we'll uh, get there we'll i've got to pull up all right, right, so, no, yeah, so we'll the odds are clearly the abs are clearly by a pretty wide margin, the favorite to win the NH uh, to win the Stanley Cup, the Nuggets are not even in the top four. I mean, so, like, so I've got those numbers I don't know, right sorry, here. I, don't, I can't imagine. I've got there, and go I know ahead, we, ahead, we can get into ahead, it, but this is just to win the conference. So to win the Western Conference in hockey, the Avs are currently the favorite at plus one ninety, the second favorite, Edmonton plus six hundred. So it's not even close. The Avs are overwhelmingly the favorite in hockey to win the West. If you look at the Western Conference in, in the NBA, Golden State, the leader in the clubhouse, plus 330. Set, well, actually, they're tied. LA is also plus 330. Phoenix, 5-1. to one. LA Lakers, 7.5-1. to one. Nuggets are the fifth team at 8.5-1. to one. So right now, if you put $100 out on the Nuggets to win the West, you're winning 850. If you put that same bet on the Avs, you're winning 190. That's a big gap. Okay, I want to put this out here just so I can either take the immense amount of credit that I'll get for it or be totally roasted at the end of the year, but doesn't this Nuggets roster right now and the the kind of almost lack of expectations feel eerily similar to the Avs last year? People were wondering. No, you're reaching. Not, yeah, 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 that's tough. Am I reaching too <laughs> far? Too far, too it, far. Was, it was considered a complete and total failure if the Avs did not make it to the Stanley <laughs> okay, Cup last yeah. year. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we and, are not a championship We're going to strike that the from the record. The nuggets, I mean. We're striking that from the record. It cannot be held against me. I just had to put that out there. Okay, to finish up the show here, you again for those who don't know Tyler obviously knows a lot about hockey but what he does at, for a living his bread and butter he is a sports better uh, if you haven't already check out his podcast sports betting daily it's a daily show it's actually a great show for people like me a lot of you listeners out there I know you fit in my category I'm no betting expert I need help from experts like Tyler he does a great job explaining the the strategy behind bets explaining a lot of times how the, the books are getting getting the better of people, how they're tricking you into bets. I love it. It's educational, but also he puts out some great bets on there. Weekend shows, quick hitters, gives you some good money makers. So check that out. That's sports betting daily. It's a part of the Woos Media family. If you want to check out any other Woos Media shows, whatever listener you're listening to right now, just type in Woos Media. Great shows across the board, but we're going to talk. Tyler, you're going to tell me whether we should be buying into any of these bets Mainly talking the abs, guys, but if oh you have boy. any other recommendations you'll give out on some other guys as well, 
we'll let you we'll let you throw those out too. We're gonna start with where you guys were just talking about, but not just for the Western Conference. We're talking odds to win a championship. You guys mentioned it. Abs are overwhelming favorites. They're right now plus 380. <laughs> the next best team is the Maple Leafs. I think there may be one other one as well right in this range. They're at plus 700. Yeah, yeah. Huge gap between the two. Mm. Are you buying Abs plus 380? Is there is there well, any good money in that? No, no. That's that's a bad bet right now. And just to give you an idea of what that means percentage-wise, that's that's equal of about 20 uh, about 21%. So that's saying the ads are going to win one out of five times with all the other teams included. That's a crazy bet. And here's what I think is unless you think the ads are just going to hit the ground running, you know, have 20 points the first uh, nine or whatever, 11, 12 games, be my guest. Make that bet now. But but uh, Gabe Landeskog is going to be hurt going into the season. We still have to find out how uh, good a goalie Georgiev is, right? This defense has to change the way they're playing. This is kind of going to be a feel-it-out process for the first week, two, three weeks of the season. So if you want to really bet on the Avs, just be patient. I think you're going to get a much better price in a few weeks when some of these other teams that are kind of hiding right now, like Calgary or Dallas or other West Con- Western Conference teams, as they emerge and Colorado maybe has a bit of a slow start, you're going to get a five to six to one number in just a few weeks. So no, plus 380 is not a good bet right now. Yeah, that was insane to me to see it that. It is wild. 380 so, to 700 so, yeah. from first to second. So, so what are they saying? They have a twice as good a chance as every other team in the entire yeah, league. Yeah, essentially, they're yeah. begging you they're begging you to, to, bet to, on to that. take any other team. Uh-huh. They're saying if you really want to be dumb enough to bet on the abs right now, the favorite, right, we're going right, to make you right. pay for it. So. Okay, the next one is one that I... I kid you not, as I was putting these notes together, I had it in my bet slip, and I was like, wait, 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 Jared. You got to wait and talk to Tyler first before you make this bet. Tell me if this is a dumb bet. I like it, and this is for uh, the Hart Trophy. Okay, there's actually two avalanche in it. Uh, the one I really was was tempted to go on. Uh, third best odds, Nathan McKinnon okay. at plus 1,000. What do you think about that? And I'll just uh, throw the other one out there, too. It's it's Kale McCarr at plus 1,300. He's sixth best odds. And just so you know, the Hart's the MVP. Yes, sorry, the MVP. So, yeah. Um, well, I'd need to know some names around that. Do you, do you have any other Yeah, any give other me players? a second. I can get it up here. I mean, awards. because right now... So, uh, just the, let me just give you the top five, which would be okay. what's ahead of McCarr. So, Connor McDavid, plus 250. Austin Matthews, plus 400. Then you got McKinnon at plus 1,000. Leon... Drysidle. Drysidle. Yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> that also had a plus 1,000. And then, uh, yep, not... Not even gonna try that one. Kir- Kirill Kaprizov. <clears throat> no, Kaprizov. There you uh, go. Min- Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> plus twelve hundred is who's ahead. Yeah, of Kirill. He's a youngster. Okay, so the reason why I think that the Edmonton Oilers and the Avs on that list are not necessarily great bets now, they're probably gonna cancel each other off. Right? You talk about Krill, a youngster for Minnesota, gonna be the the leader of that power play, the first line. It's gonna get a lot of those points. So if Minnesota's good, maybe Kaprizov could be the way to go right there. But if you want to make a case for the abs, like if I, if I were to play devil's advocate and say, here's why you could bet on that, it's because what we talked about earlier, the absence of Kadri means other people are going to have to step up. And unless you think Newhook and JT Comfer are going to get 15, 20 more points each, it's going to have to, someone's going to have to have a breakout season. So maybe that's going to be McCarr. Maybe that's going to be McKinnon. Maybe even like, like, I mean, I don't know how, how long Landy's going to be out for Landis Gog, maybe a couple weeks, but like that could be a dark horse right now because sure. entering the season injured. But if the Avs are going to match the production they had last year, one of those guys is going to have to have a breakout year. So that could be the devil's advocate reason as to why you did, would take them. But, you know, you look at Edmonton. Same thing. You mentioned Dreisaitl. You mentioned Connor McDavid. They're taking points away from each other sure. every night. So that's kind of tough to, to bet on those kind of 
players and okay, teams. Okay, so here's my strategy to it. And I'm going to refer this back to like the politics that go in the NBA. And maybe you'll tell that's me there's, politics. there's no politics mm-hmm. that go yeah, into the <laughs> NHL MVP trophy. But Joel Embiid is... is, is How do you feel about the Ukraine I, war? I don't know. <laughs> I, I would imagine, and I could look it up, but I'm not going to. And I would imagine Joel Embiid's probably your number one favorite going in into the Thoughts on the student loan debt forgiveness? But I think it's Giannis, actually, by the way. Okay, okay. But the whole idea with Joel Embiid is he hasn't won it yet. So he's kind of due. And that's my thought with with (laughs) McKinnon. Kanye West. Of course, Kanye, obviously. (laughs) Especially all comments aside lately, right? Uh, But my whole thought with Nathan McKinnon is he's kind of that guy that's always there, hasn't won it yet. Is there maybe going to be some favoritism in the voting to push him a little closer and maybe get him some votes? I don't know about that. If anything, they may have some Avs fatigue, Fatigue, right? It's been the Avs winning a lot of these awards last couple of years, or at least in it. Last year, they, they, they... Cleaned up on these. Uh, oh, hey, I'm gonna hold you accountable here. It's sure. not like it's not like the Avs have won all these no, awards. You're right. Uh, they haven't Kale even won McCarr very many of these. Won all these. No, Kale awards. McCarr so, won. So Kale, Kale won it, yeah. and then the Avs won the championship, and then right. these guys have been in the running for a few years. And they we have the same been. thing, kind of like in baseball, where if they've been around for a while, they finally break through. So uh, I don't know. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, but uh, I mean, in the NHL, oftentimes, right? Um, it becomes a little more clear cut as to who your heart, you know, trophy like finalists are because it ends up being the points leader is one of the finalists, right? right? Like no matter what, right. like it's not quite like that in the NBA because it's like it's not like every year the person who scores the most points in the NBA are gonna be the finalist for you know what I mean? It's not like that. Right. So right. Um, I don't know. To a certain extent. I feel like they're going to, they kind of control their own destiny in that regard, at least to be in that, in that final two, no, three. I agree with you. And if, I mean, hey, if Nathan are... McKinnon leads the league in points and the Avs are the best team in hockey, I'd say there's a very good yeah, chance he he'll gets He'll certainly it, right? be I in mean, the discussion. Absolutely. And that, and that's, Connor's got a good point. What happens around these guys matters a lot. So if you think the Avs are going to, you know, match where a lot of people haven't projected right now, maybe it is a good bet. So that's a good point. So throw a $5 bet on it. Why not? Hey, right? That's kind of what baby. I was like, right? Let's, Let's go. Five bucks, of money, right? five bucks to win me back 55. No, no I was it. actually surprised. I, honestly, I, I, I don't know if surprised is the right word, but uh, it was awesome to see just how high Kale McCarr is. You know, in terms of like I said, so after they won the the Stanley Cup, uh-huh. people have come out with their different, you know, whatever, their opinionated pieces on rankings of players. And Kale McCarr, I don't want to say out of nowhere because he's an amazing player, but like, he went from being like, yeah, this guy's like a, an elite top 20, 30 play, you know, whatever, to, to like, like the best. Everyone's like, he's <laughs> the fifth best player in hockey, right. like the third best player in hockey, right? Uh, it's been pretty interesting to see the the opinions of Kale McCarr change just from that playoffs. I mean, did, am I off base there? Is that... It certainly got more favorable. I mean, he was... It seemed pretty like... He was considered to be in that discussion, yeah, for a while, but now it's it's clear cut. Yeah, he, it's like he's, he's there. up there with the guys. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, yeah. and we'll, we'll let that segue into the last one I have, which to me is the obvious one I just wanted to put in there because it's so drastic. Uh, this is for the James Norris trophy, which is the best defenseman, yeah. correctly. Correct, correct. Uh, <laughs> he is plus 135. Next best odds. You Anyone want to put it out there with the next v- best? Victor Hedman. It is... He's he's the, the third. Okay. Victor Hedman is third, so... It's uh, 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 Nashville... Uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Nashville is Roman Josie. Yeah, Roman Josie. Yeah. Josie. Okay. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Interesting. Plus seven hundred. Although it, with it, that is Josie second? Yeah, he is second. Okay. At plus seven hundred. McCarr's wow. plus one thirty-five. I'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> oh the God. money should wow. be put on Kale McCarr on wow. that one. Huh? But no, again, <laughs> these are so, it's so expensive. I mean, plus honestly, one thirty-five. That's like 
it's that's, it's wild again they're begging oh you goodness. to take anyone but these abs players i don't get why that's so cheap maybe they've gotten a lot of money on it that's just overwhelming yeah. like that's so or I, I should say expensive you pay a hundred bucks to win 135 for a season-long award it's a long so, time to so have what, I'm, what I'm hearing is what I'm hearing from from our betting expert Tyler Walgie here is is be patient be patient if you want to well, bet on the abs but also let's maybe stay away from some of these superstars because they're they're really really trying to get you to take them and that's all just from a betting point of view as an abs fan this is awesome what this means sure. is the abs are the best team right now it's no question in the in the eyes of the market in the sports betting world which i think is often sort of like the truth serum in sports everyone thinks the abs are the best team so this is a good well, problem to have and, right now if you're an abs and fan and if you really i mean if if we were out, if People are asking from the perspective of a sports better, which again, Jared said you should go check out Tyler's show, Sports Betting Daily. Um, but obviously, this would be a multi-level market. This would be a really tricky bet to make, anyways. Right at this point in the season, yeah. I, I can't imagine that you make much of your bread or butter on futures bets. I mean, well, really, like some do, some don't. I mean, I, I I find again, if you really, really love a bet in the preseason, take it. But with all these teams, right. there's not going to be many teams where if you look at a chart or a graph of their price. All these teams are going to get a better price if you just wait. They're all going to fluctuate through the season. None of these teams mm. are just going to go 10-2 and two every 12 games and just be continuously... <laughs> and just go up and up linear. All these teams are just, going to go yeah. through injuries okay. and ups and downs. So almost universally in every sport, you're going to get good opportunities to bet on teams. Just kind of pay attention to the exactly. line. Pick, now, your, pick your point. The, the one... The one uh, time where you want to maybe go against that is where you have a real good idea of a terrible team like the New York Jets. If you want to take the over on their season win total, maybe a team like that you pounce you you, mm, you pounce on before the right, season. Right. But aside from those heavy underdogs, there's no reason to bet on any Avs bets right now in the preseason. And Tyler, you want to know why I'm a losing better? Because you couldn't talk me out of it. I just went and made my Nathan McKinnon bet. <laughs> hey, five bucks, baby. Five dollars day. Let's do it, baby. I, the Let's energy go, is here. Abs. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Abs are going to win lots of games. Nuggets winning lots of games. Love it. Tyler, thank you for joining thanks us. Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I appreciate it as hey, always. Thanks. Hey, go out of here. Watch your games. Go watch your, your baseball, right? What's your Good opinion stuff. on taxes? Oh, God. Nick. Producer Nick out of here. <laughs> All right, guys. On our way out the door, should we should we hit for the cycle? Should we throw in some Rockies no, real no, quick? No, no, no. Oh, yes. Wait, wait, wait. No. There was an over under Connor, did you hit it? Over under, I lost it by one game. You tell, tell the audience, audience again. Yeah. Tell the audience again. Yeah, it was uh, 68 and a half games over under. I picked 69 games, so I picked the over on 68 and a half. They ended with 68. Please wins. tell me this happened on the last game of the year. Uh, yes, at the very last game of the year. Well, obviously they had a chance. Yes, with the last game to hit my bet, and in typical Rockies fashion, we lose. <laughs> All right, accomplished it. We hit for the cycle. Uh, we did it doesn't it. happen often. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to check us out each and every Tuesday, or find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One for Tyler Walgie, Nick. Sopras, Carter Holzkamp. I'm Jared All. Thanks for stopping by.